Hey, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate. Hello, welcome to the Corning Turner Podcast. I am here today with Dr. Lee Merritt. How are you doing? Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. So she has been a true champion in, uh, you know, really educating us on what's going on with these uh, so-called, uh, in, well, I don't even call them vaccines. I call them, in, you know. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, explaining what they really are and what's going on with COVID. And I really liked her new line. We were just talking. She was <laughs> saying what we, you know, we need to boost our immune systems, but uh, what we really need is immunity from the bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm hoping the Freedom Law School lecturer uh, can take me saying that. I think it's such a good line. But that's true. We were just talking about, you know, this this whole mass psychosis. Some people seem to be immune to it and other yeah. people are not. And you go back in your background, what it is that made you immune to it. So yeah, yeah, that's important. It's so, so, so important. So start with a little bit about, um, can you tell us, you, you talk about how these are really bioweapons. And can you, oh, yeah. can you explain a little bit about why that is? People well, think and, I'm crazy when I say that. <laughs> no, I mean, the problem is they've lied to us about everything. So don't think they're not going to lie to you about the biggest thing. That's what they, they because if you find this out, then you won't go along with any of it. Um, so in so first of all, let me just say as a way of background that, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't pretend to be a, a bioweapons expert, but, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, um, my friend, I, I had a friend that worked at USAMRD who was mm -hmm. a bioweapons you know, researcher. Yeah. And I served on the Na Navy Research Advisory Committee, which did look at technology issues for the military. So yeah. I literally sat with retired generals and captains of industry. We mm -hmm. would meet in locked steel like safes. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Wow. And uh, I, you know, and I got an, and I learned about it. I've always had kind of an interest in military history, and I decided they had. This was a congressional subcommittee that, by law, had to have a doctor on it. So I just so I while I was on this committee, to be honest, we were there for a reason to kind of be like a. I don't know, a, a consultant for things that came mm -hmm. up, but it wasn't the biggest thing they talked about. So right. I had a lot of free time. So I decided to study bioweapons and the history of bioweapons. The whole, it just got something I got interested in. Wow. And then when all this broke out, I used to call people that I knew, because you meet a lot of people through those kind of contexts. And I said, sure. I said, should I watch this one? Because when SARS came out, I asked my friend, should I watch this one? They said, nah. I said, how about when MERS came out, like in 2014 or 15? I said, what about this one? Nah. But this one he said to watch. So from about, you know, middle of December, it was before or after, right? It was before Christmas, I think, mm -hmm. uh, that we started watching it. I started watching it in China and watching this whole thing came out. But something wasn't right, okay? There was a couple things that weren't right, but but it wasn't a big stuff until the end of January, there was a guy named uh, Prashant Pradhan and his group in Delhi, India, and they published a paper. And, and one of the big lies, by the way, I've come to appreciate is this whole lie that there are airborne viruses that make us sick. Once you get out of that paradigm, and once it's you understand, it's hard I spent, to wrap it, your it head is, around this. It is hard to wrap your head around it, but once it, it's not that all this other stuff. In other words, 
you know, science depends on a series of assumptions sometimes right. or a series of proofs. And everybody is assuming that proof one and proof two were done as you take off from proof three down the line. So a lot of the stuff we talk about with viruses is true. Yeah. You, you can follow that down the line. But what isn't necessarily true is the first two steps. And that's what we just have to change our language. A lot of what we still believe works. It's just we under we have to understand it differently because how we come to be sick and how we how we look at the world that does change a little bit. So yeah. so I hadn't come to that conclusion quite yet. I mean, I this was early in the game. Yeah. But by the end of January, these guys had looked at uh, the upload into the gene bank mm -hmm. of not the they, the they tell you it was a thirty thousand base pair spike pro, or thirty thousand base pair virus. Okay, right. that's what's the garbage here. That they cannot prove it. They've never proven it. Right. It doesn't exist in reality that we can prove. Okay, right. but what does that doesn't mean something doesn't exist. And right. what does exist is the hundred and eighty one base pair. S1 subunit of the spike protein, and that's all you need to be sick. If you get if you get in contact with this little toxic nanoparticle, mm -hmm. that can make you sick or kill you. Sure. That's what we so that's what we were dealing with. We didn't completely understand that at the time, but what these guys did is they looked at the genetic sequence of that 181 base pairs, and in and this is theoretically from nature. This is the point that you were told it's a virus. So theoretically, <laughs> yeah. just and and by the way, the the the, uh, the what they told us which if people paid attention is just nonsense. They said, this virus that after millions of years or eons, uh, living in commensal bliss with us, suddenly uh, leapt out of bat soup <laughs> and infected humans to, the, to perfectly infect humans. It mm -hmm. was no, there was no kind of mediary you know, uh, evolution, just boop out of bat soup and we're all dying. <laughs> this, is their, this is actually the narrative. So what they showed is this 181 base pair genetic sequence when you looked at what was in there, one guy actually before them, James Lyons Wilder, who's a Wilder, who's an independent scientist, said, "Hey, I've looked at this gene sequence. There's the PN shuttle gene in there. That's what out of the Wuhan lab. That's been that's their signature cutting CRISPR thing or whatever." Right. But but and so that kind of made my ears perk up. But mm -hmm. he didn't really supply a lot of proof. That was just a line in a talk. Well, the next thing that came along were these guys, and they showed that there were four inserts put into the S1 subunit. And these four inserts didn't occur in nature. <clears throat> Whatever these things are that we're not going to call viruses someday in the future, mm -hmm. they say that they're, they're a huge family of the coronaviridae. That's the, the family of coronavirus. Right. None of them have these spike proteins, or none of them have these inserts. And it wasn't in SARS. It wasn't in MERS. Now, the other thing is they're 100% conserved. That's genetics talk for they don't vary. Mm -hmm. So that makes kind of a lie of the whole variant because these are four <laughs> inserts that don't vary. Right. If they were gonna make a, a vaccine, they should have been targeting those, right? But right. this is for, so they, they, were, they were all in these and nowhere else in nature. That doesn't, you know, that should wake people up. But it, even worse, they, they put these sequences into the BLAST program. Yeah. Now the BLAST program is just a computer software that finds similar genetic sequences. So if, right. if I step on a bunch of goo on the floor and I want to know what it is, I can wipe it and do some do some primers on it and it can right. give me some sequences and then I can find out where in nature that, is this a banana or is this whatever? <laughs> right. you know, and it might help me figure it out. Sure. What happened is they did that and it came up human immunodeficiency virus. All four of them are from the HIV. Yeah. Now again, that may not be the, the whole issue with AIDS, but it is what we associate with AIDS. Right. So so these are clearly not 
in a sequence that should be in this family of entities, right? And so that's where it is. And I saw that and I said, wow, what, this, is, this is very clear. What was even more impressive was the next day, they were forced to withdraw the paper. Now, by the way, uh, Prashant Pradhan is not a lightweight. He's like the, the former chief geneticist of IBM somewhere, right. uh, Europe or someplace. So these guys are big guys. And so they were forced under protest to withdraw this paper from, from publication. They said, wait a minute, no, no, this is open source architecture, open data, you can look at our data. And poof, they were gone. And not only, not only was that forcibly withdrawn, because I've never seen anything like that in my life happen in science, of Zero Hedge, which is a not even a medical journal, it's, a, it's an economic they're, journal they're online. Though. They're yeah. great, yeah, yeah, Tyler Dern. But it, it, they, would, they got deplatformed from all over the place. They got deplatformed for reporting on this paper. Now that tells you, okay, so I also spent 10 years in the military, mostly with Marine Corps Air, and I will tell you the military dictum, and that is when you're catching big flack, you're over a big target they don't mm -hmm. want you to take down. This was the big target. They really did not want them to take that down. Wow. So that's what this is all. That's when that's when I said, "Oh man, we got we got to really look at this. Right. What's going on here?" The other thing is the second phase. So yeah. I believe. I mean, I'm just. Gonna, this is the big talk. I'm gonna. If, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, reveal my entire speech well, here today. Yeah, but, yeah. But but the point is, is <laughs> this that, will be aired way after yeah, that anyway. So. But, but yeah. But 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 there's four there's four parts to the war, and we, that was part one. It's releasing this toxic nanoparticle. So who? Right. Who and why would do something like that? This, this was never airborne. In my opinion, also, this was never airborne. Right. If you think about it, when this first came out, because I was literally, I was cued into this early, and I was watching it like on the internet every day, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, wow, this is looking bad. I mean, I really, I told the school when they asked me, would we shut down? I said, yeah, I think you should, because I, we had no clue. And, right. and at this point, I still believe the standard paradigm. Okay, we've, the sure. good news is when we come out of this, we're going to know a lot of stuff. <laughs> But, um, but so it looked really bad. All the epidemiologists are saying, oh, this has an R-naught value we've never seen before, which means how many people everybody infects, you know, in other words, how fast does it go through the population? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, but keep in mind, if this, is a, if this is an airborne virus with that kind of infectivity, it should have been everywhere. It should have been, it, you know, they didn't, it's not like Wuhan walled itself off initially. <laughs> they were still flying people out. So yeah. China would have come down with it. All of, all of Asia would have come down with it would have ripped through Paris and Omaha, Nebraska, and everybody in between. Totally. It did not do that, okay? It, it, it dropped people in Wuhan who went down spectacularly at first mm -hmm. and got really sick. And I do believe the doctors over there were completely taken by surprise. I don't yeah. think, you know, Dr. Lee and those guys, unless they're the really best actors in the world. They I do mean, have crisis I, actors, but. They I, do, I, yeah. and they can do that. Yeah. But I don't think they were. I think they yeah. were really scared because I just know how doctors function and things. Sure. Are. They look like. They did not know why they couldn't stop it with masks and, and blah, 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 blah. Well, the reason is because it's not airborne. Okay, so what happened is, um, and, not, and masks don't stop airborne things anyway, really, but they couldn't even, they, they, were, they said, we think it gets in your eyes, we think it gets, this, this was really looking bad, very infectious. It hit Wuhan, it hit Lombardy, Italy, it hit New York, and then look at what happened. It kind of fizzled out, right? right. If we'd let, let it go, and if nobody had gotten hysterical, nobody had done testing, nothing, this would have been over by May or June or August, you know, right. something like that. Because we saw the curve, this horrible-looking death curve, and then it started going just like a normal, normal bell-shaped curve. Came up, came down, right. which, is, which goes along with it being spread. So I personally believe they created this thing in a lab, in multiple labs. It mm -hmm. wasn't just Wuhan. It was all over the world. 
and mm, yeah. if you could touch it, you could spray it. We have a, there was actually, I think it was the Epic Times. I think it was the Epic Times, but somebody had a video that I yeah. can't find now. It was a woman going into a computer store in Wuhan, mm -hmm. and she was opening up like the computers. She was touching all the keys, closing them, opening, touching, closing. She wasn't looking at, she wasn't examining the computer. That's the kind of thing you would see if you wanted to spread something. Okay, right. so you spread a toxic nanoparticle that can make people sick. Because what do we call a virus? We call a virus a, a, a small bit of ge genetic material wrapped in a lipid lipoprotein coating mm -hmm. that can get into your mucous membranes or make you sick and kill you. What would we call a, 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 a genetic poison? We would call it a small amount of genetic material made in a lab, mm -hmm. wrapped in a, in a lipoprotein coating made in a lab or modified in a lab mm -hmm. that can get into your mucous membranes and kill you. In other words, we're in the world of synthetic biology. Right. Yeah. That's where we are, and that's how this came to be. And there's a lot of evidence for that. And there's also, it, it goes back, the, the trial run, in my opinion, before mm -hmm. this broke out, the trial yeah. run was a, a mouse uh, they wanted to get rid of the mice in, in Australia. That was the ostensible. The, let's I, I wrote it. an article on shitting on. And yeah, yeah, yes. that's, that's the, it's, 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 it's self-disseminating vaccine for emerging infectious diseases. Yep. And it's a, it's a, it's a cardinal uh, or seminal paper, in my opinion, to understand what's yeah. going on. So you know about that. So basically, th they want to get rid of mice. They built this self-disseminating vaccine. And if you looked at how it was built, it was built just like the J&J &J vaccine. It was a vector, I mean, a, vi uh, Viral vector. a replicant, replicant deficient vector virus. Yeah. So they use CMV, but the J&J &J use adenovirus, but it's the same idea. So they, 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 they did it to the mice, and then the mice, the mice got sterilized. Also, just like this, by the way, look at what happened in the Japanese study when they looked at the pharmacokinetics of these part of this vaccine, the so-called vaccine. Right. It, it, it went to the ovary, it, it, it collected in the ovary 64 times more than the muscle. Well, if you want to sterilize, that's how they sterilize the mice, they damage the female ovaries. So they gave them the self-disseminating vaccine, they injected it in the mice, they killed the female ovaries, but then they let them loose, mm -hmm. and then they all went out and they shed on everybody else. Shed, S-H-E-D. They, they went out and they, 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 they rubbed up against other mice. It wasn't shed by air, it was rub, rubbing, and then they shed on them. Their ovaries were sterilized, and that went down three generations, of like three passes, and then it fizzled out in the population. And I would tell you, I think that's what's going on here. And there's so many people, anybody that's been shed on, anybody that looks at all the bleeding problems women are having, yep. it all fits. Wow, so I have two questions from that. Sure. Um, the first one, you were saying that you think this came from uh, labs all around the world. Right. So I, I've, you know, kind of been, you know, we certainly know about the Carolina, North Chapel Hill, right. uh, uh, sorry, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, um, and then we certainly know about Wuhan. What, what else do you think, do you think that... Well, Winnipeg, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, Frank Canada. Plummer in Winnipeg, who, who just accidentally died, surprisingly. You know, a lot of deaths around this. Between Mysterious, Terry Wallace, yeah. yeah. But, but not everybody, but the people that are, are Im important to, that had, had gravitas and understanding. It's like the CIA, or it's like spy novels, I shouldn't say that, but like spy novels, where sure. they, they, if you want to cut your trail, you've got to kill the people that know who sure. did what to whom, Dan, and that's mm -hmm. who they're, that's who's been gotten rid of, and it looks yeah. to me. But but that that lab in Winnipeg, he went over in 2012 to Jeddah, in, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and brought back some uh, material, some, some biologic material from somebody that had an unusual pneumonia. Now keep in mind, this is about, this was 2012, so it was before we heard about MERS, but it mm -hmm. was probably that kind of, another man-modified kind of thing. Sure. And brought it back to the lab, 
-hmm. started working on it, hired, he had two, uh, and I don't know who was paying their salaries, but he had two viral researchers from the Wuhan Air, from lab in China working for him at the lab. Okay. They were found shipping out materials back to China and you know the, the viral the virology community uh, kind of started squeaking about this and got, and got back so that that they had to do something and so they it's no, without any investigation well they did an investigation but it was kept quiet the RCMP the Royal Canadian Mounted Police just kind of escorted uh, Dr. Shu and his, her husband out of the lab, and then they went back behind the bamboo curtain, and we don't know where they are or what they know. But th I think that was the starting of this, and that was one of one of the places this was being worked on, and um, because it was kind of a, a, a big stink for a very short period of time about this these this material being shipped off to to China. Well, and then Plummer dies, and this is, and it turned out by the way to show you how convoluted this all is. Yeah, Dr. Shu was being paid by Fauci and the NIAID slash NIH to go back and forth to our bioweapons lab at USAMR at the Fort Detrick, Maryland. We can, they can call it biodefense threat reduction lab, but whatever you want to call it, we know what it Whenever is. Whenever they put defense in front of it, right. they can you get know, away with anything, defense, yeah. <laughs> you know who the bioweapons labs are? They're called defense threat reduction. But anyway, they, they, um, she was being paid by us to go there and work on Marburg. Okay, now the name Marburg keeps coming up. Yep, like they want to scare us with Marburg. Yep. But I thought to myself at the time, and this is before all, I thought, now why would a Chinese researcher care about Marburg? Right. And why the heck are we letting a, a PLA bio, bio researcher, bioweapons researcher from China inside our gates in our own <laughs> lab? You know, you can argue whether or not we should have bioweapons labs, but if you're going to have them, you're not going to invite the enemy in to participate, right? I would you think. would think. <laughs> you would think, if this is a military thing. So that was kind of crazy. Well, then look at other things, what we're finding out. Okay, so uh, in, in 1991, this is where Ukraine comes in. I was going to ask okay. about Ukraine. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is where Ukraine <laughs> comes in. Read my mind. Um, and uh, so in 1991, and I can't remember, it was the Nunn-Luger uh, Act. Okay. okay. Senators Nunn and Luger, it was to uh, take advantage of the fact that, well, no, it was for defense, that was threat reduction. It was the uh, cooperative threat reduction is what they okay. called it. And they, they passed an act that we could be allowed to go over and help the old Soviet republics. So Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Georgia, you name it, all these different little so, former socialist republics now are broken free from the Soviet Union, right. but we still got Russia here, okay. and um, it turns out there are all these these bioweapons labs, and we wouldn't want to have them fall into bad hands or do something. So we passed this Nun, this Nunn-Luger Act so we could go over and essentially assume control of these bioweapons labs, and that you know, the, for threat reduction, they made them our bioweapons labs, right. and they were all over the Ukraine. They're probably all over that we don't hear about. The one I knew about before all this started uh, was the Luger lab. It was famous. I mean, they literally have the, his name on it. Mm -hmm. It's the it's in Tbilisi, Georgia. But when you start looking closer, it turns out every time we stood up one of these labs, there have been outbreaks of strange diseases around there. Who so think? essentially, yeah. So essentially, and then. Um, there's a guy named Michael Callahan who's a big Harvard, uh, you know, uh, infectious disease kind of mm -hmm. guru stuff. And he's been big into uh, U.S. aid, uh, emergency medicine in mm -hmm. these, you know, 
countries in the middle of no, you know, these African countries where right. they don't, there's not a lot of people seeing what you're doing. I'm just going to say for bioweapons research, it's a great cover. Sure. You can go all over the world. You can study all sorts of things under, under the idea that you're a good humanitarian, right. but you're doing other things. And anyway, he then, um, he went, he was then tasked into, so then when we started doing this conversion, somehow I can't remember what happened between 91 and, and 2002, but but after they got this stuff going, he was the guy that was tasked to go over and deal with this. And he was actually in charge of gain-of-function research at these labs. Okay? Wow. So this is going to get really ugly. And, and 91 is when Pfizer uh, did their first patent on the spike protein, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And in fact, let me, just, let me just see if I can find this, and I'll read you the exact, his okay. exact job yeah. description, because this is important if you really want to know what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I can get it to open up. Let me try this again. Happens um, <laughs> to me all the time. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah. So so and 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 by the way, and who who are his when who are his buddies? Robert Cadlick and Robert Malone. Uh, 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 you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm pleased Dr. Malone's speaking out against mm -hmm. this stuff, and maybe he suddenly had a conscience, and, mm -hmm. and it's really true. Yeah. But I do have to ask somebody that knows him. Mm -hmm. uh, how could he have been a part of the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, mm -hmm. BARDA, DARPA, military DOD funding for years, and right. still be involved, by the way, in mRNA research, right. and not know about those labs in Ukraine? I, I mean, you, I you, you're going to have to. I would Me too. I think he knows a lot more than we're knowing. But yeah. anyway, um, uh, yeah, so, so this was what, yeah, I think that's it. I know he has said that uh, he felt a lot of uh, that this has been very trying for him because he did not. He specifically, well, well we know that, but <laughs> yeah, but he, but, I bet because his his father and his father-in-law, you know, were specifically involved in uh, weapons. Well, that's and right. He CIA. And he realized, yeah, and he realized that inadvertently he feels he has been right, yeah. and it's a good line. I just hope it's true. Right. I mean, but I gotta say, I mean, I, I I pray for his soul. I hope he's a good guy. I don't want to. I'm not trying to yeah, wish no, him no, ill, sure. but I just have to say. You know, I'd like somebody that that been working on this to come forward and say, "Here's the antidote." Right. I mean, if you know, it, it, right. because Unless, I gotta say, we're being distracted from what can help us here. Exactly. And, and there are a lot of people that know a lot of things, and yeah. they're not coming forward and talking. A simple here's a simple one, uh, uh, Ralph Barrick. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look in Ralph Barrick's paper, which we mm -hmm. all missed, a friend yeah. of mine in Iowa figured this out, doctor, and he our doc. You go back, Ralph Barrick knew that the spike protein caused you to lose salt. It's a salt-losing disease, mm -hmm. okay? Now, what do we see in people dying of COVID? They couldn't keep the weight on. They just get dehydrated, and we keep giving them fluids, and it wasn't making a difference. Why? Because they blocked their sodium reuptake. Now, my friend who's a smart doctor in Iowa figured mm -hmm. this out, started treating people in the ER with Take, take a quart of water, put a teaspoon of salt, put a teaspoon of sodium bicarb in there, and drink it. And it turns things around Amazing. quickly. Yeah. So anyway, here's what, here's what Michael Callahan's job okay. was uh, when he went over to these labs. Quote, reconfiguration of former biologic weapons production facilities in the former Soviet Union. Number two, acceleration of drug and vaccine production. Number three, he was put in charge of gain-of-function programs for vital agents at these facilities. Now, I have a feeling, I noticed that, that, that a lot of these guys were squealing that we shouldn't be, that Putin's a bad guy and we shouldn't be in the Ukraine. I, I gotta tell you, 
Putin was a KGB agent. He didn't go in there kinetically until he knew where the bodies were buried and had gone in there and gotten the intelligence out. Mm -hmm. I think he's got the data. This is why yeah. they're coming after him, because he knows he knows what really happened. Well, our and, CIA and, has also been fighting a proxy war right, <laughs> with Russia right. since 2015. But right, but but the reason, been, he's been pushed. But the yeah. point I'm going to say is, at the bottom line, at the end of the day, and this is why I believe in Payman Motahedi's Freedom Law School yeah. concept. We have been funding our own murder. Yes. We have been paying taxes Thank to you. the federal government that pays for stuff like this to go over to the Ukraine and offshore bioweapons research, not to be used against some distant military right. acronym, to be used against us. Uh, yes. Yes. Are we crazy? That's what's going on. And I don't care if people think I'm a crazy Looney Tune these days. Mm -hmm. I've heard it all, you know, but mm -hmm. I don't follow that. I just, I think they're coming after us and our children. Yeah. They don't want, they want some of us dead and they want some of us transformed. And this is what it's about. And if mm -hmm. we don't wake up to this reality and start fighting with every breath to yeah. take our world back, not yes. just our country, but we've got to take the world, the world back. back. Yeah. And, and, and you could say, who's doing this? Well, I can tell you where the funding's coming from. It's coming from our labor. Yes. From the fruits our, of our labor. And our tax, tax dollars. And that's how they take it. You know, yeah. We think we're free because we don't have a chain around our neck. Right. That chain is, your, is your, your government debt that never goes away. That anything you make, they own part of it. Yes. So you're chained to the, just, just don't call them a king, it's an oligarchy of these politicians who are puppets of the guys really running this. And we're being murdered by them. It's not... It's not subtle at this point. No. Well, not it's not subtle at all. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hidden in plain sight. Yeah, I, it's I know. in plain sight. And by uh, these people who are, we, we were talking before this about how people are, hip, they're literally hypnotized. That's how the brainwashing works. Right. And these people are useful idiots because, you know, they they buy into all of the narratives and the meta-narratives that are sold. And keep, and that's, that's the other thing is, um, you know, you and I talked about the Tavistock Institute that most people don't know about. But if you yeah. look at, again, military history, after World War, during World War One, one of the things they, they, they really had experienced in the trenches, trench warfare, was shell shock. Yeah. So under the guise, they always have a reason for doing these studies, but they, <laughs> they thought they were going to help these guys, and maybe that's how it started out, help these guys with shell shock. Yeah. So they, they, would, they, got, they put together a lot of money. They, it was something called something else initially, but morphed into the Tavistock Institute. Mm. And it, it was, was the Wellington study, House. Yeah. The Wellington House, thank you. And it was, to, and it was, and it was, and it was, the idea at first was to study these guys with shell shock, but yeah. quickly it morphed into how can we control the public impression to get them to join the war effort. Yep. Okay. So it was literally soon, called the Propaganda Bureau. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And so pretty soon we went from that to a Propaganda Bureau that was looking at mass mind control. And by the way, that's what government means, govern the mind, government, yeah. mentis mentalis. So, so it's a mass mind control. And, what was, and, and what's the outcome of that for this? Well, it came to this country. Edward Bernays brought the whole concept here, was our father of modern advertising, getting people to buy things they didn't need, including vaccines. Yep. So we, if you look at the numbers, and I, again, I, I, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I was not involved in the vaccine fight until about 20... Well, I started learning about it when I was on the NRAC because I started following what happened to the, how we got the Gulf War syndrome. That was mm -hmm. from one, one um, batch of the anthrax vaccine yeah. that was also emergency use authorization. It was rolled out without any long-term care. And what happened is it caused these guys, many of them, to get bad autoimmune diseases and or 
uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a, fa fa uh, a fatal neurologic disease that was at four times the background rate. So this is Lou Gehrig's disease, if people know it by that name. So they did a lot of research to try and figure it out, and it turned out it was due to one thing, and that was the squalene in one batch of the anthrax vaccine. Now, when I was in private practice and I would, was in a hospital, I was, I'd gotten so disgusted with both the parties, I, I bailed out and became a libertarian for a number of years. And um, so the nurses kind of knew what I thought, and, and also I'd published papers on freedom in medicine. I mean, the freedom, of, you know, that mandating any medical treatment or anything is wrong. So they asked me about this whole idea of them being forced to get a flu vaccine. And I said, well, obviously I morally disagree with it and it's totally unethical from a medical standpoint, but let me look into it. And what I discovered to my horror was around 2015, I think, or 2014, whenever they were starting to mandate the, the, the flu shots in the hospital, they had, put, they had put squalene in the flu ad. The very same thing. These psychopaths at the pharmaceutical companies had put back into the vaccines that we were giving our nurses the very same thing that caused the Gulf War syndrome. Are you kidding me? Okay. And they didn't do it honestly because they didn't call it squalene. There were enough doctors that might have understood that. Right. They called it by its lab number, MF-59. I mean, it sounds like an El Salvadorian drug gang. No offense to them. <laughs> <They're>, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, they might be more honest than the pharmaceutical industry, but whatever it is, the, 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 and, and it probably killed less people. The, the, you know, that's really sad. But yeah. they, not only is it in that, it's in this one, too. It's in that right, nanoparticle, yeah. the, 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 the big lipid. matrix M, they call it. Don't you love the name? The lipoprotein particle that coats the genetic material in the Pfizer vaccine. That's matrix M. Matrix M. Matrix wow. M. And it contains uh, MF-59. Oh. as part of it, Wow! from what I can determine. And, and so this is a tragedy. So one of my friends, is my neighbor, he, um, he's a great guy who was an Army, active duty, then yeah. Army reservist, just wants to finish out enough to get a pension out of this whole thing. Sure. And he's working, he's out, he's a civilian, he works in a VA. Mm -hmm. Now, he was one of the people that sadly took the original anthrax vaccine that was polluted with this squalene. And so he keeps getting letters, he's fine, but he keeps getting okay. letters saying, Oh, now keep in mind, you're at four times the risk of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. If anything happens, if you get any neurologic symptoms, don't worry, we have you covered. Just come in and, and we'll give you free care in the VA. Okay. But ironically, you can see this one coming, the punchline, he works in the VA, he works in the OR in the VA. They forced him to get, they coerced him, they coerced him to get this vaccine. So he got a double dose of what they're now sending him letters on saying, we're going to take care of you. Don't, we, we're sorry this happened. We're going to take care of you. No, you're not sorry it happened. You're not even paying attention. No. This not. makes me crazy. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you the other last thing is that when I, was in, I found these two articles that I wrote in 2015 for World Net Daily. One of them was um, Fed's plan on forcing vaccines on adults. And everybody said, oh, you're in that case. <laughs> the other one was... Um, vaccine mandates will bring on a totalitarian nightmare. And everybody thought I was crazy about that too. But I found these and things. Here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And I tell you, I really think, I feel like I've been in watching a slow motion terrorist attack yeah, against yeah, yeah. our whole world essentially yeah. and, and couldn't stop it. I mean, it's like really, it's watching us. You, you, it's like you can see a bus about to crash into a car, run over somebody, and you can't stop it. And that's where, you know, I think those of us, those of us who are paying attention, that's where we are. No, yeah, and it's <laughs> right. And how do we stop? How this? do we stop it? Well, that's going to be. I, I don't mean to sound doom and gloom, yeah. because I think we are going to stop it, and we're going to yeah. win. But we're not going to win without casualties. I mean, yeah. the problem here is, is that. 
we are already seeing bad things from this. Mortality's yeah. up and birth rate is down. Okay. Yeah. Now we don't have a handle on how much of each. I have a program that I'm starting, um, the County Mortality Project, and I'm going to try and get people to get, it'll be up on my website at some point, uh, themedicalrebel.com, I'll just tell you that. In fact, here, awesome, you, can have, yeah. you can have one of my bracelets. I have these bracelets you can have. This is my oh, new one. Instead oh, of having business cards, that's you. what I do, themedicalrebel.com. <laughs> anyway, so I want people to go to their counties and get statistics because okay. they're hiding. The oh, thank there. you, yeah. Yeah, well, you should read the backside. Because oh. you do that. Speak dangerous truth. Be a rebel. There you go. Speak <laughs> that, that we're speaking me. dangerous truth. That's right. <laughs> so, so what we need to do is they're they're lying to us about. They can lie easily about diagnosis, like how many people died of COVID or how many right. people died of heart disease. But what we need to do right now as a national security issue, yeah. and quite frankly, either the, the general staff of our military has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, is, is completely incompetent, in which case they should be court-martialed, right. or, or at least thrown out, or they're traitors, in which case they should be court-martialed, okay? Yeah. So there's something very, very wrong here, because they, 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 they're violating all the procedures that were put in place to keep the, the, our military from being taken down by, by, by anything else. Right. And, and um, by the way, and the Chinese and the Russian military did not take these things these horrible things. So what yeah. we need to do right now is we need to look at the the mortality, all-cause mortality is the one thing they can't they can't uh, manipulate. Doctor, yeah. yeah, doctor. Manipulate. Because because basically either you're alive or you're dead and if you're dead you have a death certificate. But we don't care why you died, what you died of. It's just you got this death certificate. So we should be able to easily count that. But what's happening is the CDC, WHO, everybody's stalling on those numbers because they don't want us to see it. Yeah. So the county mortality project is you go down to your county and you get the death numbers for 2018, 2019, and then going forward, 2020, 21, and now. And and you might not be able to get them by the month, but you can you could get them and, and it's public record. They can't deny you the death certificates, the numbers. You don't need the names. You just need the numbers. Right. And and so, if it, it, it'd be great to get them by month to have okay. a baseline of two years of baseline, because the the in eighteen nineteen flu year was they they said was a little bad. Right. We wonder why now, but right. But we don't need to go back forever. But at least we go back to eighteen and nineteen. And then go forward, and let's just see what's happening because what we have to understand is the rate of change, what what they call you know in mathematics the first derivative of the death rate. Right. So people are dying at a certain rate per thousand. Now, what's the death rate going forward? Is it getting worse or is it getting better? Right. Uh, what's the birth rate? Now, I don't. I'm not doing the birth rate right now, only because people are die. They tend to die in near where they live. Okay. Right. But they tend to be born in big urban centers. They don't yeah. necessarily get born in their own county. So that is very misleading and hard to figure. Okay. So yeah. that's that will be a leg. But at least, at least right now let's get the death rate and then we'll move forward to that because we need to do what the government's not doing and pay attention because what what I'm what I'm saying is the, all the things we talk about, planning, prepping, how we can save ourselves, mm -hmm. it depends on how many people we are. Yeah. What if we find out that we're predicted in five years to have 10% of the current population? That would be a, that would change, because this is not a demographic shift that's happening everywhere. Nigeria, I think only 7% of people are vaccinated. Right. Okay, but they're saying over 70% of us are vaccinated. They're saying that. They're saying that. I don't, I don't know, know that. that we know that it's true. Yeah. But again, we don't know a lot of things because they're lying about the data. The one thing we need to get a handle on right now is the yeah. death rate. And after that, then we can move on. Because it, 
if the death rate is not going up dramatically, it's coming back down. Maybe there was a thing and it'll come back down and we can all breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, now let's go on with plan, you know, our next plans. Right. But if that continues to rise up, that is our plan. Sure. We have to plan for, because it's not going to be, even it's going to be, it was, first of all, they didn't take out everybody, they took out the Western world. And the second thing is they took out everybody would need in a crisis. Okay, if that's what's happening, your doctors, nurses, policemen, firefighters, every truckers, everybody you're going to need to keep your society functioning in a crisis. Right. Okay, that needs to be our front, coincidence. That right. Needs, yeah, that needs to be our front and center yeah. uh, point right now. This is a war. This is stage four of the war, and we can't you we can't spend our time rearranging the deck chairs on what was what what happened six months ago. We've got to go forward and decide how we're going to save ourselves now. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are going to do a long form because I have so many more questions okay, for you. Right. Um, well, thanks, I probably went too long. <laughs> yeah, but I know I want to be respectful of your time because she's going to be speaking today. So thank you so thank much. You. And uh, say again the website. I'll put the links so yeah, that they can find it's you. It's uh, themedicalrebel.com awesome. and three words. And I've got a lot of information on what to do if you took the vaccine, have vaccine remorse, what okay. we know we can help you with, what we don't know what we can help you with. Um, and and uh, prayer helps everything. Don't don't minimize that. The other thing is, um, you can find me on Telegram and at True Social at, at Freedom Doc. Awesome. Freedom Thank Doc. you so Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs>